happy back to school? Is that really a thing? If you're sending your child to preschool for the first time this year, you're bound to go through a roller coaster of emotions and fears. It is very true. You will cry and your child might too. Today on the podcast, we'll talk about those first few weeks of school and what to expect from your child and yourself. Plus, we'll talk about the perfect schedule to keep your child on when they make the transition to full day school with no naps. Yikes! And how to raise bully-proof kids. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Laura. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. We're so glad you're here. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Hi, Jennifer and Laura. This is Jillian in New Mexico. Thank you so much for everything you do. Your books and website have been a savior. So my four-year-old is entering preschool for the first time this fall. I'm super nervous. Stay-at-home mom, and to save money, we never sent him to a daycare. His socialization skills have been limited to the couple times a week we go to the park and the very few times we've had friends over with the kids. He's an only child, so I'm worried that he's going to have a hard time with sharing and playing with the other kids. Plus, he's also super attached to me. My question is, how can I prepare him for school and being around other kids? It's only three hours a day, but I'm afraid it's going to be a hard transition for him. Also, I don't know how to prepare myself for this separation. I just know I'm going to be a mess the first day. Thank you so much. Jillian. Oh my gosh. We have, we've been there. We've dropped our kids off at preschool and, you know, we were both stay at home parents back then. And, you know, but then they do, they go to preschool and they go to kindergarten and, and it is, it's hard. It's hard. It is. And we took call at night. We were with the kids during the day and you do, you both get attached. That's, that's just really insightful to say that. I remember, um, dropping my oldest son off for the first time at pre-K and I was so nervous, just like you. And he loved it so much. Like he was begging to go to aftercare. Like he was so social at heart and after, after the you know newness of just a different routine kicked in, he could have stayed there all day. Like he loved it so much, and I was like, I was so nervous about it. I didn't even need to be. And um, and to be hundred percent honest, I was like a little hurt. <laughs> Luckily, I had two other kids at home, <laughs> you know, little twin babies, so I had plenty to do. Um, but no, he absolutely loved it. So I want to hold out the possibility that maybe we're really nervous that he's not going to like something that he potentially will love. So let's hold those with equal hands. He may really love it, which presents its own problem, right? (laughs) It really, really does. (laughs) Do you not miss me at all? (laughs) Hello. And now, you know, when we talk about that, so understand that, yes, there's going to be tears. There's going to be, you know, 
at least those first few days of that unfamiliar routine. Like, wait, whoa, wait, we've never done this before, right? And your confidence when you do this is contagious. So as nervous as you are, as anxious as you are, your body language needs to show none of that. And when you get there, stop, drop, and roll. So it is not your job to adjust him to this new environment. He's going to do that so much better when you're not there. That gives him the freedom to be able to adjust. But if he can see your eyes and you're getting a little anxious and that just perpetuates it. So we always say, stop, drop, and roll. The people that you are, you know, giving his care into are absolutely capable capable and accustomed to this kind of behavior. So they know what to do. And I promise, I promise he will not be the first one that has tears and is scared to death and has never been around other kids. And he's not the first one. They have done this over and over and over again. And you have chosen this place for your little one. He's in good hands. Stop, drop, and roll. Stop, drop, and roll. And Laura and I will sing this from the rooftops. We've said it a hundred times over, and it has sustained our own hearts in parenting. But this child is strong, adaptable, and resilient. And And so so are are you. Hello there. My name is Madison, and I'm from Ohio. My five-year-old started kindergarten about a month ago and is having a really hard time with the transition. From a half day to a full day, her school doesn't do naps. We knew that was going to go in over the summer, so we tried to prepare her the best we could. She was already kind of transitioning away from naps, so we stopped doing them, and she was doing great. But now, she comes home extremely tired after a full day of school and ends up falling asleep on the ride home. I try to wake her up when we get home, but most of the time, she refuses or turns into a cranky little girl. Then she has a hard time going down at night because she's all rested from a late afternoon nap. The next morning, she won't get up because she was up too late and then ends up tired at school and the whole cycle just starts again. (sighs) It's exhausting. How can we help her adapt to the new schedule so that she gets enough sleep at night and can thrive in school? I appreciate the help. Bye. I'm going to start this one off. Yeah. Because it has a clear answer. We love it when you send us questions like this that has a clear answer. We are going to help you fix it. We have to help you fix it. And and I'll start off with, you have to be, you're going to be great at going to school and you're going to have a great time and move on. We need to address the issue of the routine at home. So I would really would love some more information on, okay, what time is she going to bed? Yes, okay, she had a late nap or a late nap. She goes to bed later. She's now doesn't want to get up in the morning. Now she's not having a nap and now she falls back asleep. And so that's the cycle. We have to break the cycle. Yeah. So look at the mom's on call schedule and really not having that afternoon nap anymore, even though she is going to be fussy pants for probably about how many days, Laura, how many days does it take for a nap change to really sink in? Nine. Nine. Nine days. That's how long this will take. She's just going to have to come home from school. I know she's super cranky and let her go to bed. She should be going to bed sometime around 7 or 7.30 if you can do it. And you still have a lifestyle where you can interact. And, you know, whoever's there at the house, how many parents you have, everybody gets to have a relationship 
if we can hit that 7 to 7.30 mark, especially if you're having to get up somewhere around 6.30 or 7 in the morning, and we're going to consolidate that sleep to nighttime to really give her a solid routine at home that honors the routine that's happening at school on a regular basis, the longevity of that. Now, if we're coming into summer and we're not going to do this anymore and you want to reinstitute a nap, you know, in the afternoon that she needs, that's totally fine. But as long as she's at school, as long as we're not going to have that nap time, and just like Laura said, you know, a few more details would be great, but the instinct for us is to say, we're just going to have to not have a nap, get her to bed at seven at night, give her about three days for nighttime and nine days to really stop being super cranky in the evenings over that nap, but just be ready for it. And then we are totally ready for that and school I, routine. And and we know, I mean, you can't, drive her home and keep her awake at the right. same time. So she may take a little quick doze on the way home, but right when you don't, don't, don't sit in the car for an extra hour so that she can sleep longer. When you get home, we get up, we get up, use distraction too. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we get home and she's still asleep. So we sit in the car with her for another hour and, you know, to try and just get some rest. No, we want you to get home, get her out of the car seat and she's mad and she's throwing a fit, but grab a ball and go play in the yard for five or 10 minutes. Let's, you know, just have some things that you can kind of do as a transition from that car to getting inside, getting dinner going, doing all the things that it takes in a family in those evening hours. And then, yeah, start that bath around 6.30, 6.45, and let's get her to bed a little bit earlier. And set um, her little inner 24-hour clock for what she's doing every day, even though it doesn't feel ideal in this season. We can get the best out of both worlds, but it won't seem like it at first. You will want to turn back. Don't. Laura? I am going to introduce you to something fantastic. You know, you and I have worked a long time and we have put a lot of babies to sleep and toddlers to sleep. And our own kids. Yes, all eight of them. And now I'd like to introduce you to the Moms on Call Sleep and Grow Mattress by Colgate. Colgate. They have been so instrumental in listening to what we wanted what we knew that our families needed, and then walking us through that process, and it has been so much fun. We're dedicated to providing a safe sleep environment for families. So this crib mattress checked every box. We went to Colgate. They're family-owned and operated. We met with them. We toured the facility, and we saw all the things that they could do. We had a long list, Laura and I, of what we would ideally want, the safest environment in which to put your baby and get those great long nights of moms on call sleep, and they met and exceeded every single one. One of the things that's at the top of our list, Jennifer, was safety. We wanted to make sure that this mattress was safe. And by safe, one, it's durable. It's got a 5.5 inch thick, high quality foam mattress that's made from plant-based oils and a soft cover that goes over it that helps with that waterproofing. And it's lightweight, Jennifer, which makes for those nighttime sheet changes so much easier. And there will always be those, especially through toddlerhood. 
But you know what this safety, when we talk about foam, when we talk about you know, the plant-based oils, I think that we all think, yes, but does it off-gas? And what Colgate has is a hypoallergenic, phthalate-free, Green Guard Gold and Serta Pure US certified safe for no harmful emissions. It is tested and it is as safe as it gets. One of the things that I think is so important as well is the fit of that mattress. One, you want to make sure that your crib mattress fits snug. We did square corners for a snug and safe crib fit. And this mattress fits all standard size American cribs and toddler beds. So you really can sleep and grow safely with Moms on Call and Colgate. Hi, Moms. This is Abigail from Missouri, and I absolutely love your show. I have a son who is about to start kindergarten, and I'm struggling with how much freedom and independence to give him with his clothing choices. Going into elementary school and potentially riding a bus, I know he's going to encounter some unfriendly kids. It's just how it is. I know I'm being overly protective when I want to try to shield him from this, but I just want to get some advice on maybe if I'm worrying too much or some thoughts on how to address bullying if it comes up. He really enjoys wearing pink and purple clothes, socks, shoes, etc. He says those are his favorite colors. We've always encouraged him to express himself and made him feel safe and comfortable at home and at his preschool with whatever he wants to wear. I just fear that when he gets around some older kids that the hurtful comments and teasing might start. Do you have any advice or experience with how to still let him make these kinds of choices, but how we can address the comments at home if they do come? Thank you. Bye. Sweetness. It is. And here's one of the things. uh, We'll say this with young kids when they have these runny noses. Like, it's no fever. It's just like they'll keep a runny nose for three or four days. And oftentimes it bothers us more than it bothers them. And here's one of the things about raising uh, bully-proof kids in this new environment is oftentimes it bothers us more than it bothers them. So I want you to wait, let him dress as he wants, let him go. And you may find that the comments that other kids make are better than you imagined. And the ones that are worse sometimes don't even bother them. Like they're going to wear what they like to wear and they're completely in their own environment doing great. So wait and see what his response is to that. And, and I think that, that whatever happens, the way you respond does make a difference. He needs to, one, know that, yeah, people say hurtful things. But we are always kind. And very simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. We don't have to break down, you know, like a behaviorist or a psychologist, all of the elements of human behavior. We just need to tell them two simple truths. What's happening and what do you do about it or what do we do about it as a family? And, you know, those are just two truths that will help us to get through life. And, um, and I love that. I embrace those colors as well. That is fun to wear. It is so fun to wear. And, you know, always coming back to those truths and speaking that truth to him and over him mm-hmm. uh, is imperative. And I, you know, we often talk about that sweet time at night after their baths and before they go to bed. Yes. And that is a great time to, to have those phrases that you can speak over him and you can say, oh, you know, when he wants to talk because, you know, 
Billy said, made fun of his shirt or laughed at his shirt color, that's where you can come in and speak to his heart with some simple phrases. And Billy's not the enemy. Mm. Being mean is the enemy. And so we just want to fight the right enemy. And that's what we want to place inside our kids. So yeah, just like Laura said, like, yeah, sometimes people say hurtful things. How do we respond to that? Well, you're coming. And you can always come tell me. I want to know. That opens up your ability to place inside the heart of your child things that will help them. As sometimes even in adulthood, we are all exposed to people who may say say mean things. Fight the right enemy. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey.